Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer, Frank Curry, and Kyle Bell. And we are coming at you on WGR550.com in on-demand audio. And we, too, were allegedly trashed for being nice people that sent messages about trying to get better to our heroes. Ha-ha-ha. <laughs> Good work. Yes, that is a shot at Antonio Brown. Real quick, before we go heavy hockey in this episode, how ridiculous – can you look and think that you're coming out in this looking like the legit one in all of it? Antonio Brown shows a screen grab of Juju Smith-Schuster sending messages to him while still being a receiver at USC, asking him, hey, what are some things I can do to be better? Can you help me out with that? Puts it up there like it's some sort of taunt. You got him, A.B.? Good work. I think, you know, it it was it was kind of a I don't want to call it a running joke because it is a serious disorder. But there were some rumblings the Antonio Brown saga that happened a month ago with the Bills. Chopin Bulldog brought on Andrew Filipponi from Pittsburgh to talk about Brown and his interesting career with the Steelers, to say the least. And some of Filipponi's thoughts were, you know, a lot of people actually might think he has a mental disorder these days because of the way he handles himself and he thinks he always comes out on top and seeing Juju Smith-Schuster's reaction last night on Twitter being genuinely heartbroken about a hero that he looked up to a guy that he was looking for questions and answers and xyz on the sidelines how to get better as a receiver to see the response that Brown gave him essentially putting his former his former teammate on blast like that like really hurt me but I don't think it gets across on the same level as to Brown these days yeah and Honestly, I have a theory myself with Antonio Brown that he hasn't been the same person ever since he got rocked by Vontez Perfect Ooh. in the playoffs. Seriously, you think about it. All of the wacky Antonio Brown things. It all ties in now. Came after that hit. Like the really wacky stuff. Like the, the diva came out, so to say, after that hit. That was a wild card round three, yeah. four years ago, correct, right? Like yeah. A really, really nasty. The A.J. McCarron game. The A.J. Yeah. McCarron game. The A.J. Right. McCarron game. And for a bit, it was the A.J. McCarron-Landry Jones game. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, it, and like, after that, you really started to see a, a more wacky version of Antonio Brown. It's an interesting theory. I mean, I'm not a doctor. No. But... At the same time, the timeline kind of makes sense. So, yeah, there, there might be something to it, but at the same time, you know what? He's Oakland's problem now. Yeah, not our problem. Mm-hmm. So I'll take it. I w- Could you imagine, though, if he was traded here and he didn't nix that deal and he went off on that, how quickly the process would have been slammed down on him? Would have been that would have been a legitimate. We don't do that, AB. We don't do that. This is the process. This is the Bills. This is Sean McDermott football. Yeah, and that would have been something. So, obviously, if there's something wrong with Antonio Brown, get help. And if there's not, well, dude, you, yeah, like he's gonna listen to me say check check yourself. But at the same time dude check yourself because i'm kind of what people would call a little bit of a nobody we're kind of like the e-list here at wgr this is why it's the leftovers podcast it's for what's left over here it's me it's kyle it's frank we're not necessarily what you would call all-stars we're not picked we're not getting picked out of a crowd 
So we stay humble. (laughs) (laughs) Which is something that Antonio Brown has long forgotten. Mustache and all. Blonde mustache and all. Thank goodness that's gone. I just got chills thinking about that creepy-ass mustache. If you're going to grow facial hair, man, come on, do it right. Grow up. Nate Geary's jealous of you growing that mustache, and you just go ahead and dye it blonde like a like a boob. Come on, man. You're making me think of Drake and Josh. I was just watching an episode this afternoon where Josh <laughs> grows a mustache. In fact, he just said, Hulu, people. Hulu's got Drake and Josh. Really? Amazing revelation. That yeah. Yes, it is. That is. I know what I'm wasting my night on now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the episode came across today. Josh grows his mustache. <laughs> Megan cuts half of it off in his sleep. <laughs> Drake puts magic, Megan! puts magic marker on his left side of his of his throat or his uh, <laughs> his lip. Throat. Yeah, yeah, not his throat. <laughs> oh my god! I just got back from Des Moines. Ha! Ha ha! You can't use that excuse. I can't use that excuse. No. Never been to Des Moines. Also, it's been enough days. I think Bulldog's back to the swing of things. No, he used it today. He did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Good Come on, BD. Good work. You should be back to the swing of things. You didn't just get back from Des Moines anymore. You've been back. Come on, BD. <laughs> we got you. But come on. <laughs> All right, so hockey heavy now. Sabres, clean out day. And some pretty interesting reactions and answers and questions coming from the locker room. You heard from a very blunt Jason Pominville and – Rasmus Ristolainen kind of sounded like a player that was ready to be traded. Like he's expecting it. Jack Eichel was very frank that he could have been even better than he was this year. And, I mean, there were plenty of times where he had, like, great shot opportunities and he just rifles it so hard that it goes around the net or something. Yeah, there was a lot of moments this year. And he pointed it out that there were a lot of those moments where he had prime scoring chances and he didn't even hit the net. Like, he's pointing that out. Stating that, you know, things could be so much better for him. And once you recognize that he can be so much more legitimate and he's striving for that, you know, maybe we shouldn't blame him. More on that later. Much more on that later. (laughs) Oh, stay salty, my friends. No, but I think Jack Eichel in year four – you know, we saw him look like a man, like a man amongst boys, a lot, a lot this year, mm-hmm. and a couple shots at the net here, or there with that elite right hand shot he's got. Like, how much you of know, a pain in the ass was he puck possession wise in the offensive zone? Oh my god, complete yeah. pass. There were nights it's, where there were nights where he was so much of a pain in the ass you could not knock him off of it. Mm-hmm. You could not knock the puck away from him. He had the reach and he's got the body. And you know what? I'll say it. It's the hockey butt. You know, sometimes the hockey players, they got that posterior, boy. So next thing you know, the hockey butt is able to help you out. And he knows how to use it. Yeah, he was And he just... knows how to use his body to be able to position himself so that he can keep away from players, keep the puck away from players, and continue to be a terror in the offensive zone. That is what happens here. And almost on a nightly basis. He played 77 of 82 games. Still amassed 82 points. You factor in, he makes those five games. You're looking at potentially a 90-point season in year four. Jody Biasi a lot this summer, especially during the nightcap when I would produce for him this past summer, um, talked a lot about Jack Eichel's development and what he wanted to see from him and what would be the best for the team. And he compared Jack Eichel in year four to what Nathan McKinnon was to the Colorado Avalanche last year. Yeah. 97 points. Yeah. You think, a sh- you think a shot on net here or there from Jack Eichel playing a full 82-game slate? I'm not saying 97 is attainable because he was 17 points short with the 77 games he played, but it's comparable. That it's, was what Joe was looking for, and I think it was in, it was in his grasp, and it was in his reach, and he was, he was almost there. The other thing about it is that if there was any sort of other threat from another line, you could have seen more from Eichel as well because then you have to worry defensively about getting hit by a second line. Right. Yeah. Then there were some comments from Jeff Skinner. I actually just listened back to those, and it was like Paul Hamilton said. There are times where he says they, 
as in the Sabres, but then there's other times where he still says we as in the Sabres. I still think he signs. Because there were a lot of times where he would mention that, you know, something about – there was one comment, actually, that I that I heard something about this, the fact of how disappointing the year was. But then it turned into one of those things where the comment then goes to you find out what you need to improve on for next year. Mm-hmm. But he was, ta- he was asked a question about the team, not him personally. And he's still saying, you know, you have to you have to think about it and find out what you need to fix for next year. So you're not a doctor, but what you're telling me is you're a detective. I don't even think I'm a certified detective. I can't even say the word detective. I think you have to be able to say detective to be a certified detective. Yes, and that was clearly a problem just about so 10 we're seconds deducting ago. this very quickly. So Derek's not you are a deducting very confirmed. quickly, Mr. Detective, Ooh. that uh, I am not a detective and <laughs> detective that Jeff Kyle might sign here. Detective Kyle on the case. Arcuri, give me your badging gun. It's going to Kyle. <laughs> I'm off the case? Yes, you are off the case. All right. For good. Hey, you're still the kicker, though, you think, right? doesn't come down to term. You think it's... I think it's. I think everything's going to be fine. You think the eighth year is a difference, though, is what I'm asking. Not the not the that's, actual like. That's per the year. and I think that's going to end up being the ultimate question for Skinner is does he want that eighth year? Um, so it'll take him to what thirty five. Yes, and I think you know, and I I think as Saber fans, be prepared for it to come down to the wire. Be ready to sweat some Steven Stamkos like bullets here. Yeah, he signed. What was it like? A little less than a week before July 1st. Because like Stamkos, he's kind of undoubtedly the best free agent available this year. Yeah. Yeah, he Stamkos is. Stamkos was July 1. Yeah. No. No, Stamkos was before July. Just before Stamkos came, was, was just the, It was like two days before July 1. Stamkos was the same day as Hall for Larson and Subban for Weber. That's right. It was the greatest hockey day of all time. It was like the greatest hour and a half of hockey news ever. Because oh, so that was before July 1? Hall, for, Lars- Hall for Larson happened, then Subban for Weber happened, and then like an hour later, Stamkos signed with Tampa. Yeah, it was, it, it was one of the greatest pure hockey news days of all time. Yeah. It was well. It was wild, like you said. It was there it was, was a one for one trade, and everyone's like, "Whoa, okay." There was and it was other one Lars, for, and then there was it, it wasn't just like there were one for one trades. It was it was Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Stars were getting traded. Yeah, and then it was PK Subban for Shane Weber. We're like, "What is going on?" And then next thing you know, the biggest the biggest free agent since who knows when, but the biggest potential free agent since who knows when decides to stay with his team when it looked like it was all but certain that he was leaving. It looked like it was all but certain he was going to become the biggest free agent probably since like Parise Suter. Yeah. And look how that ended up. Well, yeah, look how it ended up for the Wild, but at the same time. Look how it ended up for Tampa. Look how it ended up for Tampa because he signed. And then teams went crazy for Kyle Oposo and Milan Lucic because that was the next best up. Yeah. Yeah. So, locker room cleanout happens, though. And we get this news, speaking of the parallels between the Sabres and Edmonton, that Buffalo's hot on the trail for Todd McClellan, the former Oilers and Sharks coach. And honestly, I still don't know how to react. I've had several hours to process this, and I come down to two cases, and they are this. On one side, Peter Shirelli was the general manager in Edmonton. I cannot fault Todd McClellan for having a terrible team. Or eventually getting fired. Hell, he even made the playoffs with Shirelli as the GM. Yes, he did. On the other side, there's one thing that will always sing to me about Todd McClellan. I can never fully trust a guy who has a reverse sweep on his coaching resume. That was in San Jose. He got reverse swept. 2014. 2014. 3-0 lead on the Kings. They get reverse swept. Can you ever trust a man that has been reverse swept? Yes. You can? Joe Torre got reverse swept in 2004. That's great. But he doesn't Yankees. But he doesn't have the Joe Torre consistency. He also, I mean, he doesn't have the pedigree from beforehand that Joe Torre has. 
Yes, but your your broadened question was because you could you ever trust somebody? I think I could trust Joe Torre. I mean, I don't that's all I'm saying. I'm not. No, you got you got a point. Um, oh, I know. A it's... nice counterpoint to my question, <laughs> which probably then can help me lean toward being more accepting toward the hire. It's the pedigree of the coach. Like, I get what you're getting at. But at the same time, like you know, I I feel like I need to be talked into a direction right now, or I could just sit here and go. I think at I think at the end of the day, it really. Doesn't matter. Get you think the coach doesn't matter. I get you need to get a guy who can be a good communicator, who can implement a implement a system that is necessary to win. Now here's the thing, though. Todd McClellan has shown a little bit of inconsistency. Part of that being the problem with the roster in Edmonton. But I'm sorry. How the hell is your penalty kill the best on the road and then a disaster at home? We're talking. It is first and thirty first in the respective places. Of success and failure. It's the same system. What the crap? So Todd McClellan is a little confusing to me. And there are guys that I want to keep my eye on. Like, does Bruce, does Bruce Boudreaux get fired in Minnesota? I think it would have happened already by now. I, I think, think, I think so he's too. staying. But the question remains. Because Minnesota was also cleaning, doing front office cleaning today. Yeah, they did front office cleaning. And if Boudreaux wasn't taken out by now... I don't think he's taken out to the woodshed yet. If yeah. he is, though, you'd have to look out for competing with Philadelphia. Yes, but at the, and again, there's another. You're competing with LA for McClellan too. Right, you are. Uh, Quenville already gone. Yep. But there are names that we have talked about here. In Sheldon Keith from Toronto, and Chris Taylor, in the Sabres organization with Rochester. Taylor's a little busy. Same with Keith. They've got some playoffs to coach in. Have you guys discussed Alain Vigneault? We haven't really. I here, So the thing that I have about Alain Vigneault is I think he's very similar to McClellan. There's not much difference between the two. They have their inconsistencies. It, it, depending on the kind of roster they have, they both also still remind me of Housley. Just more, just they've coached in the NHL. But both will play their, you know, I think both would play the young guys if you give them the, give them the young guys. Whereas... We hear from both sides, from both Edmonton people and Rangers people. Guys like Vigneault pretty much got fired because he refused to play young, his young players. I mean, that's also because of the point that and the Rangers always were going, phantom competing with Vigneault right. because they were a roster that needed to be blown up. Yeah. But they always had Henrik Lundqvist saving them and bringing them to like ninth and 10th place. And that's why he got fired. That's why they brought in David Quinn, and that's why they just destroyed the roster. Because they needed to move in a direction that the roster was going in, but Henrik Lundqvist and some of the remaining talent that was there continued to keep them afloat. And unfortunately, if you're afloat in the bottom of the standings, you're just kind of in purgatory. Yeah. So, that was the biggest thing there with Vigneault and the Rangers. McClellan, by the way, going back to him, there was a really interesting set of quotes from him. In the same sentence, he mentioned something about not paying attention to analytics and thinking that the best thing regarding analytics is your own two eyeballs. But then he later on in the same quote mentions how he likes to play the young players if they are outperforming the veterans. Yes. And references Mike Babcock being one of the best at that. So that makes me think, okay, that means that if there is a Victor Olofsson performing well, he's going to keep him up there. Mm-hmm. But then you look at what he did in Edmonton and part of his role with Jesse Puyarvi. That was a dumpster. That whole situation is a dumpster. Yeah. Yeah. I still would like to see Chris Taylor get his fair share and in an interview. It'd be fun as hell to poach Sheldon Keefe from Toronto. That said, there's this could be a long journey or it could be done tomorrow. Who knows? But it would be interesting, I though. I think it's going to end up being done a lot sooner because you're seeing other teams already trying to get them done. Now, we've, we've already seen Florida hire their new coach in Quinville. L.A. wants McClellan as well. And if and so right now it's between L.A. and Buffalo for, for Todd. So you got to think a deal is going to get done very soon with him. 
there is still the status of Philadelphia. Are they retaining Scott Gordon, or are they going to look somewhere else? Now, uh, was there was there any other firings? I don't think so. No, there's just a lot of them from midseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of interims have got to get figured out. I have two things. Um, is Panera now a lock to go to Florida? With Quenville going there, yeah, that's a that's a nice question. Because he played that's, under he played under Q. Think of the offense they're plugging out there now. Johnny Huberdo, Alexander Barkov just had ninety point seasons. They did all of this to eighty six points and this complete improvement of their offensive structure without a lot of any trocheck too. Um, the third guy always oh Bukestad he's he's in Pittsburgh, but to add Panarin to that offense pretty electric. I think the consensus was wherever Q goes, should he get a job, was wherever Panera was going to go in free agency. So add another team to the Atlantic, it's going to be, be another pretty problem again. threatening. Next then again, season. this year, Florida and Buffalo were supposed to be those teams fighting for fourth in the division. Oh, well. Buffalo at least kept it up for a little bit of time. Florida was kind of out of it. They did. We didn't expect Montreal to hold suit as long as they did ex- either. Yeah. But again, it was one of those things where entering the season, Florida mm-hmm. was talked about as a potential thorn in the side and they just got off to a putrid start now why was i dancing just now kyle i don't know oh i've got that answer though for you and you want to know what that is how good are your videoing skills pretty solid good because i think we might need multiple angles for frank trying to do wheelies in heelys <laughs> because joe joe quenville was hired as a head coach suck it frank Okay. So the bet that if I were to lose, for some reason Frank said that Joe Quenville was going to possibly look into an assistant coach job if he didn't get an offer right away. And I was was very much saying, no, that he's going to get hired as a head coach somewhere. And my side of the bet was I would eat a carrot. I think vegetables are – I think vegetables are gross. Derek does not eat vegetables. And I probably am going to die at 54. I have to show you a very funny scene from The Office then. (laughs) (laughs) And Frank, I don't know how he came to this. We were talking about him having Heelys as a kid. And the next thing you know, his side of the bet was you have to attempt wheelies in Heelys. Just get Heelys and ride them. And somebody already bought his shoes. They're coming in Thursday. Neat. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't either. So, Frank now has to attempt to do wheelies on Heelys. Thank you. I I just have to... Florida Panthers. I just have to ride Heelys. That's it. But this could so, also end in abject failure. Okay, I could fall on my ass. Just make sure you're wearing a helmet. No. What do you mean, no? I'm not going to wear a helmet. This is the Leftovers Podcast with Derek Kramer and soon to only be Kyle Powell because Frank doesn't care about his head. The other question I have that, that, that I forgot Crazy. for a second and was looking Stupid. for it and remembered it in my in my brain. Yep. Um, second question was obviously LA and Buffalo seem to be the two landing spots that are most I don't, likely for McClellan. Question that got brought up today on GR. Does their standing in the NHL draft impact where he chooses to go? Possibly. If you can mm. land Hughes or Kako. I think it depends on the co- on McCullen's status of those players. Does he want to coach them? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. If we could do a roster comparison for a second of the top players in each team. Mm-hmm. In net, LA's got the advantage with Jonathan Quick. Yeah, yeah. And with Cal Peterson being like a young incomer, young, young up and comer kind of type. Sure. Slight I mean, advantage. I mean, I would take Quick and Peterson over Hutton and Olmark right now. Right now. Because a coach sure, has right to now. think because a coach has to think about right now. Sure, right now. Because if he doesn't do well in two years, he could get axed. Sure, right now. Okay. Kopitar versus Eichel. Both are underrated players in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I really like Andre Kopitar. And if you told me that I had to give up Jack Eichel for some strange reason, like a redraft, but I would get Andre Kopitar in return, I wouldn't be terribly pissed. I would just be somewhat pissed. 
But then it'd be like, okay, Andre Kopitar is actually criminally underrated. Drew Doughty is seen as a top defender in the league. He's paid absolutely like one, um, maybe even too much. But Rasmus Dahlin is only 18. And then after that, what the hell do the Kings have? The Sabres quite pop. I would say probably have Jeff Skinner, definitely have Sam Reinhardt, and they have Brandon Montour. Those are pieces to go forward with that you know are for sure. If Casey Middlestat takes the next step, if Tage Thompson becomes a top nine forward, if Victor Olofsson pans out to be something in a top nine role, you might have more legitimacy there. So what do the Kings have? So Dion Phaneuf? No. I was grabbing the mic to say that. Yes! <laughs> they do have Ilya Kovalchuk. Uh, Ooh, 37-year-old Ilya Kovalchuk. <laughs> Call me if it's, it's 2008. So that would terrify me, actually, if the, Ilya Kovalchuk in 2008 form just suddenly came out of a time machine and was like, you, you're the old version of me. You go that way. Yeah. I'll take over here. And I'd be I'll like, oh, crap, they have Ilya Kovalchuk. I'll take it from here. Yeah. Then I'd be like, oh, crap, Ilya Kovalchuk's so then if that's So then going by that, the real question like, then for McClellan is does he want Jeff Carter. <laughs> hey, come on. Jeff Carter's a saint. Yeah, and how many cups do you win for Philly? Wow. <laughs> Fight me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so then the real question for McClellan is does he want to coach an older, an older team or a young team? Does he want to coach a team that can show promise? Or is tired by game 48 of the season? Exactly. None. None. <laughs> Ooh. By the way. <laughs> Jeff Carter won none cups. None cups? Yes. None cups. None cups. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know how much competition L.A. really gives you. Jack Hughes aside. I hate to sound like we've got Todd McClellan locked up. It's not necessarily the most desirable coach on my list. But maybe we need to kind of start looking into an acceptance thing here. Because what the hell can the Kings promise you other than just living out in L.A.? I'm really trying to think about their roster now. Yeah, it's bad. Dustin Brown. Alec Martinez. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. I scored a really cool goal four years ago. Jake. Oh, wait. No Jake Muzzin. That's right. He's in Toronto. Idiots. Well, I mean, they trade Adrian him. Kempe? He's not a bad Are young you, player. When you're not sure about the name, maybe don't bring it up. Eden's own Alex Iafalo. They have some decent young players. They just don't have a eye-popping top prospect or two. So you That's LA's look. biggest pro- That's LA's biggest thing. I would say their biggest thing is that they're mostly still old. Besides that, I'm talking, I'm talking prospect wise. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, roster wise, it's bad. And look at not having, but not having that eye popping young prospect would shed a lot of that pressure off of the young, off of the, or off of the old, the old guys on the team. I mean, if they add Jack Hughes next year, he's immediately playing second line center behind Kopitar. And that's all, and that that could take a lot of pressure off of him. That's going to probably move Jeff Carter either to third line center or the wing. And you know, and then you add your their young guys in Alex Iafalo, Adrian Kempe, Carl Grunstrom, who they got in the Muzzin trade. And then defensively, Drew Doughty's new contract kicks in next year. So making, you're going to cap hell. How much is that again? Like ten million? Eleven. Oh my god! Plus Jonathan Quick is still getting paid for the next four to five years. From uh, what I can four recall. years. Four years at under six, just under six. Buffalo's totally ending up with Todd McClellan, aren't they? They still have enough for another two years. Because the only thing Martinez that can, for two years. At this point, the only thing that you're going to be able to sell to someone about coaching the Kings is that you get to live out in LA, and they have a. Good chance of getting Jack Hughes. Have you ever had tacos in L.A.? <laughs> There's no better tacos in the world than in L.A. Bitch, we got Mighty Taco. But it's not L.A. 
I will get a bleeping taco from Mighty Taco before. Okay, I don't know, but still. Step off with your tacos, L.A. <laughs> Think that nobody's ever had a taco before the way you act? Not all I tacos. <laughs> Why are we making fun of Los Angeles? Because it's fun to. It's so much better. <laughs> I don't care. And the weather's so great in L.A. You can watch Mike Trout play baseball. That is I mean, a solid That perk. is a treat. That, that is a that, solid That perk. is a treat. So there's two things going for you, Todd McClellan, if you sign in L.A. And they're not hockey-related. <laughs> they're not hockey-related. Your team might be a dumpster fire. And it also might be a dumpster fire with Jack Hughes. Who knows? Who knows? Because as you've learned here, drafting a young star, def- star centerman sometimes doesn't mean crap. If the team built around it is not good, you can McClellan can get flashbacks of of Edmonton in that. So trust me, Kings, you better do your job. What a magical season that ended up being. Cam Talbot played like seventy games in route to the playoffs Jeez. and won, led the league in wins, and had been ruined after that. Milan Lucic was serviceable. Patrick Maroon scored 30 goals. It's a wonder st- having a Connor McDavid Yeah, I have their stats up, too, Jeez. from that season. Yeah, McDavid, 100 points. Drysaddle, 77. Everly, a 51. 20 oh, goals. let's trade that guy. Yeah, let's trade him for Ryan Strom. <laughs> Peter Schrill Lucic had 50 Lord. points. What? He did. 23 goals. No way. Yeah, he did. I, it happened. I, I refuse to believe Milan Lucic has skill. Lumbering, I, <laughs> dork-faced goon. Ruin had 27 goals. And, yeah, Cam Talbot had 42 wins. 919 save percentage. Milan Lucic is just an uglier-looking Eli Manning. Mouth breather. But, yeah, no. Interesting. <laughs> trust me. A young center that is a superstar-type player. That's not enough. So, please, L.A., try to – why am I talking myself into, like, we're getting Todd McClellan over, over the L.A. Kings? What the hell's wrong with me? I don't know, man. <laughs> Sounds like a personal problem. Maybe if you eat your vegetables, you have no. a little sense. <laughs> Never. Never. No, he won't you eat vegetables. You will have to force that to happen. Like Kevin, I uh, watch it. I watch, watch that video. Oh, I know, I know what you're, you. I, I see the link of what you sent me. I know. Good. Maybe if you uh, donate enough money to. There's Derek. only one way I will. I will eat broccoli, and that is getting me over one thousand dollars on my donation page for the eleven day power play. So, folks, get yeah. at it. Make Derek eat vegetables. Make me suffer. Because I'm an idiot. Also, it raises money for a cause like no other. Um, as we play hockey to raise funds to fight cancer. Pin tweet at Derek Kramer 49 and at Frank R. Curie, by the way. All right, guys. I think, I think just at the end of the day, I wouldn't be upset about McClellan being hired i think he's i think he's fine i'm just wondering why i'm strong arming the la kings right now yeah it's kind of stupid of me i'm just i think the biggest thing that i'm just worried about is that the team feels like they have to go in the direction of get a guy who's been a head coach in the nhl before yeah and to do that just for the sake of it is not the right decision you got to make sure you get the right guy because it's the right guy for you that's exactly it and that's how you get to six. And that's what makes and... me worry about McClellan not potentially being the right guy. Yeah. All right, boys. Let's move on to Brighter Pastures, also known as the 16 teams that have made it to the NHL playoffs. Ooh. As I wait for you guys to get brackets up and ready, I already did mine because I like to prepare for things sometimes. Look at me, right? I actually did preparing. So... Obviously, Tampa Bay is your number one cup contender pick. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the percentage is going to be for like picking brackets for this. 
right what, now what the percentage is going to be for the Tampa Bay Lightning over 50% over 50% I'm thinking like over you might be in like the 80s what was Duke what was Duke We're fresh off March Madness how many people do you think picked Duke too many so how many people do you but, think picked but the Duke Lightning? was not way too many but Duke was not a and it was not a record tying team for wins in a season Duke didn't even have 30 wins. UB had 30 wins. Tampa had 62. Tampa tied an NHL record for wins in a season. Their Vegas odds right now are 2-1. to one. I think, like, if you go to the NHL brackets, the bracket challenge, I'm thinking at least 80% of people pick the Lightning to win. Maybe. Probably. At least. At least it's in the 70s. All right, so when you guys are ready, you can just give me a thumbs up. Otherwise, we'll just keep talking until you guys get that stuff figured out. But my big thing is, like, the Tampa Bay Lightning, it's just we were asked, TJ and I, during the final Sabres broadcast of the season, Brian Koziel asked TJ, Luckman, and myself, if you had to pick one team other than the Lightning to have a chance to win it, who would you go for? The answers that TJ and I had were TJ picked the Vegas Golden Knights in the Western Conference. And I think if there's a team that can upend the Lightning, it would be the Boston Bruins. And there's really only one reason why for this. It's because we're from Buffalo. I hate everything about Boston and their teams and their success and how they have bitch fits about not having a championship now in uh, – three months. So, of course, it would be a great time for another Boston team to go ahead and just make everyone miserable with their insufferable, smarmy, arrogant fan base. This seems very unbiased. No, this is very biased. Boston sports fans can go to hell, and I cannot wait for the day that Tom Brady retires and you go back to a relevant team. (laughs) And then you can go ahead and Find Sully at the bar and go ahead and cope with your feelings of actually having losing seasons again, you jackasses. Like, the Celtics are good. The Red Sox have won the championship in the past calendar year, and that was quickly followed by the Patriots again. They're too entitled. They always, they always win everything. Mind sharing with the rest of us? That'd be great. It, got to, it gets to a point with me with hating Boston that I avoid Boston cream donuts just out of principle. <laughs> I felt betrayed by the instigators that their donut bracket ended up winning with a Boston cream donut. I don't think you were alone. And that's how much I hate Boston. There is, It's very much, admittedly, ridiculous and over the top, and I don't care. I remain on point, or at least consistent. I don't even know if I have good points. I'm just pissed. And that's the only reason I would pick the Boston Bruins, because we can't have nice things. Other than that, who the hell knows? So are you guys ready to go here? Yep. All right. Kyle's ready. Mm-hmm. Frank is ready? Yep. All right. It's time for our picks series by series. For the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll start with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets who are all in. And Drew Tampa. It's a risky run. So much for that all in deadline boys. I think they get swept. Tampa's just that good. I think Borovsky will steal him a game. but it's gonna You be- are a Philly fan. You know playoff Borovsky is not the same player. He's more of a disaster. I understand that, but I'll still find a way to probably steal him one game. We'll go five. I'll give him five. Four to one. All right, Frank? I say it's Tampa and six. Six? Here's I thought the Kyle th- was crazy. Here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. It's the playoffs. There's never a guarantee for Tampa. I've They're- got a guarantee. Tampa wipes the floor with them. It's a short series. Columbus has a really good team. Yes, they barely got in, but they they're still – that team on paper points did take the requirement to make yeah. it this year. 
as a wild card. Yeah, a wild card too. There's, but they're still a really good team on paper. They have Matt Duchesne. They have Artemi Panarin. Cam Atkinson's still really good winger. Pierre-Luc Dubois has had a phenomenal year. They added Ryan Dezingled. Nick Foligno's taken on more of a depth role for them, and he's got he's had you know doesn't have to do as much. Boone Jenner has had a great year playing in a bottom six role, and their defense they still have Seth Jones and Zach Rowinski as their top pairing. But you think that's going to get them two wins? I think it's a short series. I can see one can game. Fi- I think I can see one game and stealing one game. I do not see them winning two. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking back to the deadline where Columbus <laughs> makes two separate trades with Ottawa. I can just picture it happening. Kekalainen's on the phone with Ottawa, and he, like, hangs up by accident, and he calls back. He's like, dude, by the way, I'm really sorry, but can we talk about this angle? <laughs> it all could have been done in one transaction, and he calls back, like, 20 minutes later, like, oh, my God, I forgot. I think it was more or less like, hang on, you still haven't traded this angle? Man, I should have added him in our last deal. Uh, can we do it again? <laughs> Maybe it's like, like, or it's like really, or it's like him. really awkward. Hey, Pierre, it's Yarmo. Uh, we just, we just did a deal, but do you want to do another one? <laughs> but yeah, nice, just nice all in off season, nice all in deadline there for Columbus, and they draw Tampa, at the franchise that has not won a playoff series will continue to do so. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I still think you're on crack, but. I you know what I could I could also see Tampa just slipping up a game. They might they'll just lose a ra- lose randomly where they they play really well but they just lose. All right, let's move on. We're we're really just kind of making mountains on molehills here. Boston, Toronto for the third year in a row. I'm taking the Bruins. I am also taking the Bruins. I think it's Boston in seven. Kyle. I'll go Toronto in seven. Ooh. This will be the year that the tides the change. The problem is they haven't been playing very well as of late, and that's why I think I've got Boston in five. Whoops. The recent trends of how they've been playing lately have been very frustrating to be nice for the Leafs, and I think that a team like Boston takes advantage of that and just probably literally beats them into submission. It's kind of who they are. It's what they do. And they're getting healthy again. It's kind of troubling. So They are, I, but I do, they still I have their think, woes in goal. Yes. But I also think that consistency-wise, I think Tuka Rask is better than Freddie Anderson. Anderson will steal a game. Absolutely will. But it's just going to be one of those, like, it's tight, but somehow Boston comes away in five. Like, you don't understand how it was five games, but it just happened that way. It was tighter than it should have been for five games. It was like a nail-biting five games. Okay. It just happens that Boston just wins more of them in quick succession. Carolina, Washington. I'm giving the Canes six games here. These bunch of jerks have kind of impressed with their play overall, and they're finally getting halfway decent goaltending. Washington still has enough at the end of the day to win the series, but I think it's going to be more of a pain in the ass for them. I'm taking Washington in five, and a lot and a lot of it's going to end up coming down to just a lack of experience overall for Carolina. Yep, heading in, where Washington they know what they need to do. They're the defending champs, and they're gonna they're gonna fi- find a way early on to shut down Carolina's offense and be able to you play their game and be able, and then make quick work of the series. Kyle, I'll go Caps in six. I liked Frank's point about lack of experience with Carolina. I just attribute – I think back to the 2015-16 first round where the Flyers got bounced. They have exp- they had a little bit of experience on their side, but if they can get two shutouts consecutively from Michael Neuberth against this relatively <laughs> similar Capitals team, I think Carolina could find a way to make make it stretch to six. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a better series than a lot of people will think. And, you know, I'm kind of excited to see what the uh, Hurricanes pull off here. Islanders, Penguins, I've got – it's going to be a sneaky good one. This is a sneaky I think good it's one. A very sneaky good series. And, yeah. I mean, call it cliche, but I'm taking Pittsburgh in six. I'm taking the Islanders in six. They got, they're doing really well heading into the playoffs. They have the structure there now with Barry Trotz as their head coach. The goaltending has been fantastic for them this year. I think it's, I think it's about time we see, we see a Mike Sullivan Pittsburgh team go down in the first round. 
this is the right team to do it. Yeah, but and I feel like the Islanders are the right team. Yeah, but and having home ice really helps. Here's the inconvenience that I see, and this is why I picked Pittsburgh at the end of the day. Matt Murray can be wildly inconsistent, but when he's on and he's on right now, it's a problem. Phil Kessel's true. getting going. Evgeny Malkin's back in the lineup. This just spells that whole "not again." Here's Pittsburgh kind of thing to me. Boo. See? Yeah, boo. <laughs> exactly. Kyle's th- Kyle. Kyle's kind of personifying what I suspect happens here. No, I'm going Isles and seven. <laughs> I know you're going Isles yeah. and seven. You just know that what I'm saying could be right. I think Trotz outdoes Sullivan two years in a row just with different names and different faces. And a different team that he's coaching. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't hate on the pick. I just It's just one of those things where I just have that sense of I've got a bad feeling about this. Like everything, like your reaction kind of personified everything. You wonder who he starts game one if he does goalie by committee trots. You don't see that a lot in the playoffs. I mean, it was an outlier last year with Grubauer getting the start over Holpe, but it's normally a workhorse as deep as you go. But they have two wonderful options at his disposal, and I wonder who he goes with game one. And if one of I them think it's slips, Leonard. but the problem is if one of them slips early, like Grubauer did for the Capitals, you could go to the other one. Yeah, can you rely? On one of these guys to be the home Grace stretch has guy. Play, Grice has played in the playoffs for the Islanders before. I know what I'm so saying though could, is that actually so could. So, but the problem is, can one of them alone win you a series? That's the question. And that's why I don't think. That's why ultimately I'm picking Pittsburgh. But if you get, but if if you get an inconsistent Matt Murray, Pittsburgh doesn't have Flurry to go back on. That's that is true. So we have to see which one bites first. Yep. In in net for these two teams. Yes. All right, out west. Nice job, Kyle. Thank you. <laughs> Calgary, Colorado. I unfortunately don't give the Avs much of a shot here. They might get Miko Rantanen back for the postseason, but they need to win some games first in order to do so to try to you know allow that boost to really be there. And Calgary's much deeper of a team. I'm taking five games for the Flames. I love Calgary. I love them too going in. I'm also saying Calgary in five. Yeah, Colorado kind of gave Nashville a little bit of an annoyance last year. I don't think the same thing happens here with Calgary. But not having Miko Randon is really going to hurt. Yeah, that really hurts. And if they get him back for day one, that's it's big. A different, it's a different story. And maybe you take it to six. But yes. I don't see this happening right now with a top-heavy Avs team without one of their top players. So we all have got Calgary all relatively quick. I'll go four. I haven't called for a sweep yet. Yeah, there's okay. always one. All right. San Jose and Vegas. Did you know that the Sabres were outdone when it came to their last 10 and how bad they were by the San Jose Sharks? 2-7-1 and one in their last 10. The Sharks. Well, their goaltending has been worse than suspect this season. And that is why I've got Vegas in five. I mean, you think how bad things were, and this is not a knock on a fan favorite? Well, I don't know. I hear mixed reviews from Ryan Miller around here, but they were thinking about bringing him in yeah. at 38 years old at the yeah. deadline just to spell themselves between the pipes. Yeah, yeah Martin Jones is – it's like you said, suspect at best in this scenario. And I've got Vegas in five because they roasted the Sharks last year already in that kind of situation. That was when Martin Jones was actually still playing decent. And I think it's just more of the same. The Sharks are talented enough all around offensively that they can get a game. It's just the problem of can you crack Flurry before your net turns into Swiss cheese, and that answer is no. Frank? I'm torn right now because I love both teams so much where I really think Vegas can go on another run this year because they, that this this year's Vegas team looks better than last year's. Just without the points in the standings. Yes. Just on paper with the talent alone, they're they're better than last year's team with adding – they lose James Neal and David Perron, but they add Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. And Paul Stastny. And they added Paul Stastny. Yeah. So they from have a legit division, top from six. From a conference foe, too. They have a legit top six. Probably one of the best in the league heading into the playoffs. And Gerard Gallant's a solid coach. Yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury continues to shine. And – that's uh, yeah. That's why I call this a quick series because San Jose. I don't. Not only their goaltending the, is bad, they've been 
bad as a team in the last 10. They're they're kind of like dragging ass into the playoffs. And I feel like they and I do feel like Vegas will take advantage will take advantage of that, but this is one of the best Sharks teams going into the playoffs in a in like 10 years as well. Because they added Gustav Nyquist at the deadline. Joel Thornton's playing a third line center role for them heading in. Thriving. They do not need to rely on him, but when he when he is on, he's still one of the best players on that team. And Eric Carlson's healthy. He's been out since like I think February with an injury. He's just he's he's healthy now. He's ready to go for game one. That's going to be a huge difference for San Jose. Now you have Carlson back, and you already have Brett Burns, who was your leading point getter for the entire season. Their top six right now is. Logan Couture, Timu Meyer, Joe Pavelski, Thomas Hurdle, Gustav Nyquist, and obviously Joel Thornton's there too. But I think this series is going to go a lot longer, but I think Vegas wins. I'm going to say Vegas in seven. Sharks in seven. All right, Kyle. Nashville, Dallas. we got to speed things up here a little bit, especially Nashville. if we're going to call the whole thing. Sorry. I've got the Preds in seven. No, I don't. Seven. I looked at it wrong. I looked at it that wrong. I have Dallas in seven. Whoops. Really? Nashville's been really up and down. And Dallas looks like a team that can physically just pound you in. I think Dallas gives them enough fits, and the Predators are not trustworthy right now. What's Ben Bishop's status? He missed the last three games. That would probably Because be- if not, you're looking at Anton Kudobin. Who has, in his own right, has probably been the be- one of the best backup goalies this, this season. He's had a great year. But I'm still looking yeah. at the status of Ben Bishop to be sure. Because he hurt me in my fantasy playoffs, my championship, <laughs> I'll tell you. Just when I needed Ben the oh, most. Bishop got a shutout in the last game of the season. There you go. What? So he's ready. He's fine. He came back? Yeah. Yes. First thing you see, one day ago, goalie Ben Bishop sets a new Stars record after shutout in regular season finale against Minnesota. Oh, that's a dagger. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm taking Dallas in seven games. Right, I got Nashville in five. Dallas is top heavy. They're also heavy. They're they're also heavy. Yeah, but Nashville Nashville can bring it too. Nashville is Wayne Simmons. He did add Wayne Simmons. Yes, all of the two points he got after the deadline. Physical. He's heavy. He'll be he'll be the physical guy they need. <laughs> I'm gonna I, say Na- I'm gonna say Nashville in six. I think this is gonna be one of those like really we we haven't really seen many like upset upsets. In a, in a while. I think this is the one that it happens. This is where the seal breaks. I think we're in a, we're about to predict our well, we have one more. sneakiest yes. good series in the West, though. We had New York and Pittsburgh in the East, but I think the West, you go Winnipeg-St. Louis, that's sneaky good. Yeah, about that. You don't think St. Louis has a chance, do you? I have a five-game series for the Jets. Yeah. I, I remember the terror that they were last year in the playoffs and the fact that their roster is relatively the same. It all comes down to Connor Hallibook. And if he can turn it on for the postseason, look out, the Jets are flying again. Yeah, my counter-argument was going to be Patrick Laine's down season, but it got supplemented by Kyle Connor scoring 30 goals. Exactly. And Patrick is having a down season. That's the scary thing. I'm just saying sneaky good for the fact that I think Jordan Bennington's going to show out and it's going to be some cool like coming out party for this rookie. I have, yeah. I have high hopes for St. Louis. I mean, for God's sakes, they're last in the NHL. They're, they almost got 100 points. Yeah. Where did that come from? They almost from? won the division. Yeah, they were. It literally came down to the final day. Yeah, for St. Louis. To All be three teams third. did take care of business. You talk about they, San Jose coming in cold. San Jose or St. Louis is coming in blazing, three months hot. Yes. Yeah, I think St. Louis wins the series in seven. I won't go that far. You've got a short series for Winnipeg. Winnipeg. You've got a long series with St. Louis winning. Yes, I'll go Winnipeg winning in seven, but St. Louis makes it very interesting. I think that's what it's going to end up being. All the games are going to be very tight. Probably, probably You're probably only going to see one game where it's a multi-goal victory. Every other game is going to come close. There might even be a lot of overtime in this series as well. But yeah. Bennington has just been playing so good. It's, it, it feels – I'm not going to compare it where St. Louis is going to have a, the same kind of run, which they, they very well could, but – He's he remi- Bennington's reminding me of Matt Murray in 2016. All right, so guys, we got different brackets all around now for the three of us. So I'm just gonna go read mine, and then I'm gonna have you guys read yours. We'll go a little faster on these ones, obviously. Second round, Tampa Bay, Boston. I mean, come on. I, I while Boston 
could be the biggest threat to them and possibly turn this into a longer series. Tampa Bay just still has too many horses for me. I've got the Lightning advancing to the conference finals. They face Pittsburgh, which, yes, Kyle, I see the uh, palpitation that you just had there as you were very pissed at me saying that. I mean, Washington's good, but they're not as good as they were last year, and I don't think that they have enough to take care of it. However, Tampa Bay then finally puts down your Penguins' misery and goes to the Stanley Cup final. Out west, Calgary does not stand a chance against Vegas. I think the Golden Knights once again make it back to the conference finals. However, they deal with a revenge series. The Winnipeg Jets in the Western Conference come out of the Western Conference and gain their revenge on those pesky Golden Knights that beat them in five games, surprisingly, last year. As for how many games I think Tampa Bay, Winnipeg would take, I think the Lightning eventually get down to business and lift the cup in six and lift it in Canada, pissing off all of Canada. Wow. <laughs> that would be Thank hilarious. you and good night. Kyle? All right, I've got Tampa over Toronto in five games. Washington... Losing to the Islanders is Barry Trotz's Ooh. revenge game. Ups itself up a little more, but the story ends with Leonard Grice and Trotz against Tampa on their way to the Cup. In the West, I'm a huge – oh, Nashville, Winnipeg again. Give me more of that. Feed me that every <laughs> year. I will go with Nashville over Winnipeg. Pecorine steals the show. Um Calgary over – crap, I forget who I picked. San Jose. Calgary over San Jose. So then we're going to go with a Winnipeg-Calgary Western Ooh, Conference Western, final. Western, the Canadian. Oh, I'm gotta... sorry. Winnip- oh, I'm sorry. I don't have it written down. Uh, Nashville-Calgary yeah. oh. Western Conference Even final. Still. And I've got Calgary oh. going to the Cup in a oh, rematch of 2004. No. I Tampa love it. Tampa meets Toronto. Ah! Tampa. Tampa meets Calgary. <laughs> I love it. So Tampa beats Calgary again. Oh, man. Once again, pissing off all of Canada. Pissing off the entirety of Canada. I just love Calgary And particularly the Flames fans. Yeah, again. All right, Frank. So I have Tampa, Boston, and I'm going to say Tampa wins this series in six. Washington versus the Islanders. I'm taking the Capitals in seven in this one. Each of us have different Eastern Conference finals. I have Tampa versus different. yeah. I have Tampa versus Washington as my East Finals. I think the Lightning win this series in seven, get their revenge from last year. Out West, Calgary versus Vegas. I'm taking Vegas in six in this one. Nash versus St. Louis. I was just talking about Bennington reminding me of Matt Murray in 2016. I think St. Louis wins this series. Ooh, that will piss all of us off. Watching the Blues go to the conference finals. They go to the conference finals. They beat Nashville in seven games. Play the Vegas Golden Knights, but the dream season for Bennington comes to an end. I think Vegas is going back to the finals where they are facing off against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they get it done. Whoop. Vegas wins in six. All right, we got to write all this down. I mean, we got to write all this. I've got it all right here. I saved the bracket on the I have bracket, the bracket saved too, yeah. So, so I have to write it down. Yes, you have to write it down. Frank's on bath salts, and – We all have completely different conference finals here. Good. It'll make it more fun. It's the playoffs, man. You throw everything out the window. You throw everything out the window except for Tampa Bay being there. Just remember, (laughs) Detroit in 96 set the NHL record for most wins that Tampa tied this year. They didn't even make it to the finals. Colorado was there. Colorado beat them. But is there a Colorado in the East? You tell me. You hate Boston. Maybe that team's out west in uh, Vegas. That's why I'm scared of Boston. Because they could probably kick, like, physicality is the biggest thing that they'll have to roll with here and hope that the Blue Jackets the thing cause I, a couple the of injuries have, to the Tampa The thing Bay. you have to, have to remember with, with Tampa heading into is – Brad Marchand is a Claude Lemieux kind of thing. Dude. And Boston Boston's going defi- <laughs> to definitely if – they, if they do meet up against Tampa in the second round, they're going to be pushing Tampa around. Tampa can push back. I think that's going to end up being the difference between the two in the series. That's why I do have Tampa over Boston in six. Oh, yeah? Shut up, you 240 followers. Your mother. 
And you too, Mr. 664. And your... Your arguments are invalid. Because you have less (laughs) followers. As you can see, it's time. Why are you saying this, Derek? Why am I saying this? Why are you referencing our followers? Why am I referencing these things, Frank? It's because some stupidly poorly run Twitter account of a radio station in Buffalo decides that that's the best insult to go with, other than Uh. calling someone a girl's name in 2019, for their Twitter account if people don't agree with them. So whoever the hell runs 1270 The Fan's account, first off, learn how to do Twitter better. Because your best, your best comebacks when people actually use logic and reasoning in arguments is to go ahead and either attack their follower account, call somebody by a girl's name like our boy Maniac, and or possibly just go with, try to kill them with kindness saying, I love you, man. Step off. You think you actually go ahead and think you could change something here? Go to hell. You're supposed to be for, you're, and yes, I'm going rather unprofessional on this, but that's also because we don't get paid to do this podcast, so I'm going to go ahead and allow myself to not be a professional in this one. Go to hell, learn how to use Twitter, or just hand it off to somebody else next time, and maybe you can look smarter in the end of the day. Then again, this is a really tough task. Defending takes of the always pissed off, never happy about anything, needs a hug desperately Jerry Sullivan. Because the only time that I would ever read the Niagara Gazette right now to see anything about his takes is when I'm done going to the bathroom. Because maybe that's the only thing crappier than his opinion on literally anything in Buffalo sports. When the Buffalo News decides that you are overtly too negative, maybe that's a possibility you might need to change your brand. Maybe possibly you need to go ahead and look at all your takes in the mirror and say, you know what, maybe I need to actually give some of these teams some credit for something. The draft is in a couple of weeks, and there's probably no way that they can really screw this up. And I can guarantee you one person in Buffalo is going to be somewhat miserable at minimum about the pick. And it's Jerry Sullivan. And 1270 is going to go ahead and tweet out that, you know, is TJ Hawkinson a bust when he was taken two days earlier? The Bills should have grabbed Noel Font instead. Is Jack Eichel a coach killer? I don't know. Why don't you ask Sasha Barkov? There's six coaches in six years in Florida, you freaking idiot. But no, Jack Eichel's the coach killer because he's been with two different coaches in four years. Maybe, just maybe, you need to think about things before you say them instead of sounding like an idiot, like a lesser version of Skip Bayless. I was full of piss and vinegar, and I've been waiting seven freaking hours to let this out. I get that Buffalo has been generally miserable all throughout these years. I get it. There was a 17-year playoff drought. Oh, that's another stupid-ass tweet from you there, Sully. If not for some lucky Andy Dalton play, there would be two teams with the longest playoff drought in the same city. Well, guess what, dumbass? It happened! They made the playoffs. What's your point? You're talking about a stupid hypothetical. And again, I get it. They These teams have been, for the Sabres right now recently, overtly dumb and really stupid lately. But you go ahead and tell me that the Bills haven't done anything promising over the last year and so... And I hated the Josh Allen pick when it was made. But guess what? He looks competent at minimum. But no, just in case you know, in case, you know, no, if not for some lucky play, the Bills would also have a longest playoff drop. No, that's not reality. It's not. The Bills are actually doing things. UB looks badass now. They have a decent football program. They have great basketball programs. But no, let's crap on them all over the place. What's the Niagara Gazette? It's just something I could put under the puppies when they go ahead and make an accident in the house. 
And if I could put 1270 on the dial, I would put it there so that I could ignore it, like everyone else. I think you're a better man for that. I'm glad I'm glad we took the time to get that thing off. <sighs> so, how do you feel? Better. Much. Better. I'm going to use this anger to go play hockey and I suck at Lico Mystique. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.